Have you ever considered that by being raised in Christianity, you were conditioned and taught how to be so disconnected from your body that you actually didn't even know what your body wanted, especially when it came to nutrition and how you ate? My next guest dives into this and it's quite beautiful and some of the questions that she sat in that showed and revealed to her how disconnected she was. Before we dive into this interview, however, I wanted to make sure that you are aware of a call that I have, a webinar actually that's coming up October 30th at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. This is something that is for those of you who are really ready to up-level. For those that are wanting to be further connected and deeper connected to that place inside, that inner guru that resides within every single one of us. Often when we step out of religion, we're kind of in that floundering place of like, what what do I feel like is true? Where's my intuition? How do I tap into that inner wisdom that I know that I, I think I possess, but I'm not quite sure. One morning as I was sitting in a meditation, I received this really fascinating and beautiful download from spirit from God that showed how to activate the inner guru. So in this call, we're actually going to move through a few pieces with how to deconstruct even further some of those barriers that you may be currently holding that are preventing you from allowing for that intuition, that that energy of God source to come in. And then we're going to move through a process of activating the inner guru that is extremely powerful. So this is really for those of you that are ready to move to the next level in your life. Then we'll walk through a few other pieces with how to actually work with this on a day-to-day basis. And you are going to get access to one of my, one of my content that I've created for free. So, and then I have a really exciting announcement, an exclusive announcement to give to those that are a part of this call. So if you're feeling the call, head to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash activation. And this really is for all of you that are listening to this podcast now. And for those that are really ready to take full accountability and radical accountability of your life and really up level and have the life that you're really desiring, head to my website, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash activation and secure your spot today for October 30th. It's a Sunday at 10 a.m. And without further ado, let's dive into the interview with Rebecca. Well, welcome, Rebecca. I'm really excited to be sitting down with you today. Thank you for joining me and saying yes to this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here too. Well, I love Zoom because we can connect. You know, you're in North Carolina. I'm in Utah. It's kind of it's kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So what made you want to reach out and share your story? Um, I grew up in the Southern, <clears throat> grew up in the Southern Baptist church. Hmm. I have since left <laughs> and definitely went through a process of deconstructing. And I just really love connecting to others who hmm. went through quite a process deconstructing and living here in the South, we get a lot of people who are still in, um, and it's not as commonplace to have these types of conversations like in person in my everyday life. Yeah. Um, I found your podcast. I thought it was wonderful. Just an opportunity for people to share their stories and connect with others. And it really spoke to me. Mm, That's beautiful. And here we are. So did you grow up in North Carolina then? Yep. So that's awesome. I know when I lived in 
I lived in Alabama for a time and being born and raised in Utah, that was, you know, high Christianity, high Mormon religion. And then moving out to Alabama, I was like, holy cow, this is a whole different ball game out here with the Bible belt. Yeah. Like, wow. So tell us a little bit for those that don't know much about, um, what was now, what was the religion you were in? Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist, Southern Baptist, what? Christianity. Christianity. Will you tell us a little bit about like what the base core beliefs are with that, that religion? Mm -hmm. I would say the core belief is that we are all born sinners and that we need Jesus and God to save us so that we can go to heaven. Mm -hmm. And, um, basically within that you have to accept that you are pure evil and that you have to outsource (laughs) to some other person Mm -hmm. for all of your needs. Um, heavy emphasis on evangelicalism and converting others, <laughs> missionary work. Okay. How long are the missions? Um, it's really personal. It's not required or anything. It's just like heavily okay. um, applauded for people who do go on any mission trips. Oh. My grandparents were actually missionaries for their entire lives. And that also, oh. <laughs> like my family was just very much involved. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So you were born and raised within this religion. So tell us a little bit about that. How was that growing up for you? Uh, As probably other people with religious trauma can relate, I don't have a lot of memories of my childhood. It's hard to reach back there and put myself back in like what my headspace was as a child. Um, I, I do remember like some feelings of just noticing the performance aspect of it all mm-hmm. being in church. It was like, who raises their hands the highest, who has the best, um, like, amen, you know, <laughs> when the preacher's talking and who shows up to church the earliest, who stays the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember noticing those aspects and feeling like, hmm. this doesn't quite sit right with me, but every time that I would have thoughts that maybe something's wrong here, I would quickly follow it up with like, that's very sinful. I'm so sorry, God, you know, Mm. the works. (sighs) My other experiences with it in childhood. I really overall you had a hard time with it as a child. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I would say like looking back, it never felt completely right or comfortable to me, but I just Mm -hmm. had no way to voice that Mm -hmm. or even accept it in myself. Yeah. So are your, is your family still in the religion? Um, my father left when I was in high school, which was a very confusing experience Mm. because he just like all of a sudden just stopped and never told anyone. And I was expected to continue on going to church and all the other church activities with my mom and my sister Um, Like nothing had happened. Um, Mm. My mom is still very much believes. um, Grandparents obviously still believe. My older sister is not so much. My younger sister, I think she's in the process (laughs) of deconstructing. Yeah. I don't bring it up very often. I know that's always such a hard topic, right? Because when you're talking about your faith, that's such a personal piece. So in in your religion, why were why would people like what was the eternal promise for them to like for people to come in with your grandparents being missionaries? I'm kind of curious because I don't know much about it. 
So what was like the, what would they gain? What was the purpose? Why would they want to be a part of that religion? So that you can go to heaven. Okay. Because if you're not saved through Jesus and if you're not baptized in the church, uh-huh. you can't go to heaven. Okay. You can't have your eternal glory. Um, and otherwise you would be sentenced to eternal hell. And mm. they very much preach the um, fire and brimstone suffering story. <laughs> Interesting. So tell us about your deconstruction. Like how, when did you start? I know you kind of mentioned that you started as a young kid, you were starting to ask those questions and kind of like, Oh crap. I'm sorry, God, that I had those questions. (laughs) Yeah. But when, when was the start of like your unraveling? I think in high school, I started to notice how religion could have a harmful effect. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents had a quite tumultuous relationship. I would call it emotionally, mentally abusive um, it was a weird time growing up in my household. And then, as I said, my father just abruptly left and then the entire family dynamic changed and no one knew what was going on. Mm. And I just witnessed my mother being just like emotionally tortured on an everyday basis, but absolutely could not leave because divorce was a major sin. Mm. And it was confusing to me why she wasn't able to choose herself or even like choose myself and my younger sister who were still living at home at the time. Cause we were, you know, kind of unwilling participants. Right. You're kind of uh, like the bystanders that are going along for the ride. Yeah. Um, and then I was talked into going to a small private Christian university, mm. um, by my mom and my grandparents. And it just absolutely was not the place that I was supposed to be. I felt like I had to try so hard to fit in with the like good, quote unquote, good people. Mm. And I just did it. And then I started hanging out with some of the quote unquote bad people. Mm-hmm. Who did? Who drank? And it, it was like a dry town or dry county or something. I don't even remember how we would even get alcohol, but <laughs> we would drink and people would smoke and, you know, all of the terrible, horrible, bad things. And I thought those people were my friends, but I actually ended up experiencing a lot of direct harm from them. Mm. Um, very traumatic things and a lot of like sexual shame. Even from people who I consider to be like my best of friends there would participate in shaming me for things that I knew they were also actively doing. And it was confusing and it was traumatic. And I was just like, I would go to still go to church every Sunday and just be so confused. Mm. I bet. Confusion was like the overall feeling like I can't like I'm trying so hard to get it right but I keep messing up every time and I keep showing up but I don't feel welcome here Mm. and even in my everyday life it's made clear to me that I'm not fitting in just confusion yeah so I decided to I had to get out of that school it just wasn't the right environment for me I went to a different university um, 
And that was probably the more like real start of deconstructing, just being out of that environment. Um, I chose to go into nutrition Mm. as a major. And I think at the time I didn't put much stock in that choice. Um, But I think unfortunately my lifetime of being stripped really of like my personal identity and being told to not have a connection to self, that your body is sinful and dangerous Mm -hmm. only leads you to a path of destruction, like really set me up for disordered eating. And then in the nutrition major, I was surrounded in classes every day with like, here's a framework of all the rules to follow (laughs) so that you can eat healthy. And I was like transitioning out of one framework and ideology. And I sort of just kind of fit right into a new framework and ideology without ever even stopping to consider my own identity or even like how I was experiencing it in my body. I feel like that happens often. People will leave one religion and then they'll move into something else that has a similar construct. Here's what you do to get where we, you know, where we want you to go. Yeah. Exactly. I think a lot of um, people in religion as well just have that specific experience of like disordered eating, mm-hmm. being just so disconnected from your body. It's like the the foundation is laid. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it depends a lot on because I feel like all religions have a little bit of a different twist on that, yeah. where the Christianity, like you're saying at the fundamental base of it is that you're that, you know, man is a natural sinner or natural enemy to God. And so in that sense, we ought, we instantly come in thinking, OK, well, we're sinners. But that body piece, I know in Mormonism, we have what's called um, the word of wisdom with how we're supposed to follow in order to have the healthiest kind of body thing, but it is something that, you know, the religion tells you to follow a certain, a certain piece. That's why Mormons don't have coffee, Mm. they don't drink, they don't do certain things like that. Um, But not because it's what feels good to their body. It's because they're being told what they should put in their body. So it's definitely an interesting piece of that disconnection that you're speaking to because you're so conditioned to look outside of yourself for answers that we don't know how to look inside. Meanwhile, in most Christianity, you have the Holy spirit, right. That teach that is there. That's always been with you. That continues to be with you. And they religions just labeled it as the Holy ghost or Holy spirit. When all reality, Mm. it's just your inner, your inner guide, your intuition that never leaves you, but it's so conditioned that only through this, you know, religion, do you, do you get this? Yeah. So I love what you're, t- what you're speaking on. So you were doing retreat re- nutrition and then noticed that you were starting to go into kind of another paradigm. Well, similar. it's funny because I didn't notice. Oh yeah. Looking back, I, I mean, hindsight is 2020, but in the, at the time I had no idea that they could be connected or, I mean, I just really wasn't present. Yeah. I had no tools had no awareness of how to be present mm. in my body and my experience. Um, throughout my life, I have this pattern of not being able to name what I'm going through until like a year later when I can like look back and be like, oh, I was miserable. Oh. <laughs> um, but at the time, I think if you had asked me like, do you have a, a disordered relationship with food? I'd be like, no, I have the best relationship with food. I do mm. all the right things. I know about all the nutrients. I drink 
three and a half liters of water per day, which is an extra liter just in case I get my five servings of vegetables in and I eat 50 grams of fiber and da 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 da. <laughs> so I was not aware. Yeah. So what shifted? I think I first heard the phrase, listen to your body. I can't remember where, in what context I heard that phrase. It's become more popular, I think, over the years, and I'm glad it has. Mm-hmm. But I heard that phrase, listen to your body. And even though I was very much like in my deconstruction phase, my initial reaction was like, shut down. That's wrong. That can't be right. Mm-hmm. Your body is like, your body's trying to trick you. Mm-hmm. So, I couldn't even ask, like, how could you connect to your body, listen to your body? Because I was so shut down at the initial, like, acceptance of it. Mm -hmm. I think I can't really pinpoint, like, certain events or times, but probably over the process of a year, I was maybe reintroduced to that topic, saw it more on social media, started to feel more accepting towards it, feel a little bit more like open to curiosity about it. Mm -hmm. I think also when I was in undergrad, the body positivity movement was taking more space on social media. And I'm, um, so I think there was just more of that coming up in my Mm -hmm. everyday life. Yeah. uh, Just being on my phone. Um, well, and often I love that it really, that first thought of listening to your body created that question within you. And I feel like when we have that opportunity to ask or see something that just makes us question like, wait, is this, this feels, maybe this is true. And then that question gets to unravel. And then oftentimes it will unravel some deeper pieces within us that we didn't realize started from this, this first tiny little thing. Yeah. I think if the initial shutdown or the initial reaction is just like shut down to the question, no, no curiosity is allowed. There can't be any other right. like specific questions. But once we allow the first answer to be like, maybe mm-hmm. then it's so great because other questions are allowed to come in. Yeah. How would that happen? Do I care about that happening? Like mm-hmm. what are the steps? You know, yeah. what does that feel like? Yeah. I love, I love questions that make you think. Cause then it just, it does exactly what you're talking about. It's like, Oh, maybe I do like this thing. Maybe I don't. So as you're kind of moving through, you're going and getting your degree. At what point do you decide, Hey, I'm just done. Uh, I found out that the anti-diet world existed, <laughs> um, health at every size, um, weight inclusivity. I, and once I found that I was like, I just felt such a huge sense of relief. It felt like the biggest sigh ever. And I knew that I could never go back to just following the traditional paradigm of like, eat this, not that. This food is good. This food Mm -hmm. is bad. It felt like finally I didn't have to have all the answers. Like maybe there was a way that like I could just exist and other people could just exist like how we are in our bodies and not always have to be fighting against our own bodies and our own intuition. Mm -hmm. And that created that, like that connection within, within your religion. Um, 
could you rephrase the question? Well, you're talking about the nutrition piece and that anti, like maybe there isn't a diet for that people should be the anti-diet movement. And then recognizing you can ask yourself and create your own paradigms. So I'm so I'm assuming that associated with your religious beliefs too, that you even asking that question over here about the body associated with religion. Mm. And that's kind of what you're like, you kind of, cause I was asking what, what was the piece for you to be like, I'm done. I'm not, I'm no longer part of this religion. I'm out. Mm. Was that it? Um, it's, it's hard to pinpoint an exact moment event. I think it happened slowly. Mm-hmm. I was when I first left the Christian university, I just knew that I needed like time and space. I still continued to go to church off and on for a while because I would not go for a while and then I'd feel guilty. And then I'd go back and still feel like, I just don't know. Like, I just don't Mm -hmm. know if I feel like I fit in here, if I feel welcomed. And I think the more I explored connection with my own mind and body, the more I was open to exploring that, like, I didn't need to outsource Mm -hmm. for fulfilling my needs, for connecting to others or Mm -hmm. just myself. Um, I was also really lucky that the university I transferred to was really, really big on outdoors. It was in the mountains. It was Mm -hmm. lovely. I just started spending so much more time outdoors um, and felt more sanctity being in nature than I ever had felt in a church. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of us joke around about, you know, you'll see pictures. At least I know I do it. I have friends that do it. It's like, oh, here I'm in my church today and it's up in the mountains because you do. You feel so connected to God or whatever your higher source is when you're in nature and sometimes a lot deeper than within the construct of a church building. Yes. It just felt more, it felt more natural, more organic for like me to connect to nature. It was nature is ever present. It's powerful. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to survive much longer than me. And it's been here a lot longer before me. Um, it wasn't someone standing over me telling me, these are the things that you need to do. This is okay. This is not okay. It was just me just being. Mm-hmm. And experiencing life and what felt true to you. And I think that's yeah. absolutely beautiful. How did your family react when you decided that you were done? How was your mom? <laughs> she was not happy. Um, I kind of like trickled that information towards her. Yeah. At first I was like, I don't know. And then it was, I just don't want to talk about it. And finally our relationship got to such a place that I just felt there was no truth in it. There was no room for me to be authentically who I was if I wasn't fitting like her mold or idea of what I should be. So I just finally had to cut it off. And Mm -hmm. one thing that was important, I wrote her a letter. One thing that was important to me to include in that letter is like, I am not Christian. (laughs) I don't want to talk about it. That's not my spirituality. Like I'm pursuing 
something else. And like that helps you and feels good to you. You do that. But like, Mm -hmm. I don't want that to ever be a part of our relationship anymore. Cause she would continually like try to get me to go back to church or like, listen to this song. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So inspirational. (laughs) Um, Luckily we've been able to reform a healthier relationship with more boundaries and that boundary is intact. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. That's good. That's awesome that you're able to state the boundary and that she's respecting it. Yeah. I'm sure you have to remind, you probably had to remind her of it a few times. You know, so far I haven't. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. We took, it was almost like two years of separation. And so I think we're both just kind of happy to be back in each other's lives in a more peaceful way. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't come back up yet. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Well, that's beautiful. And unfortunately, I feel like that happens as we're unwinding and kind of uncoupling out of religion. Oftentimes it's also uncoupling out of familiar relationships too, that are choosing to stay in because they're so deep into the dogma and to the practice of whatever their beliefs are, that it is part of the salvation of their children. And it's challenging. Mm -hmm. And so it is, it can take a while. Yeah. I understand that a lot of the ways that I felt pushed by her was, it was more out of her feeling like it was her duty or her. It's from a place of love, really. Yeah. I mean, she's she's trying to make sure I get to heaven, but Mm Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I don't want to go to have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is no such thing as heaven or hell. What if that's Maybe. a possibility? <laughs> or what if heaven and hell are both as amazing? <laughs> mm. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Who I knows? think um, actually opening myself up to deconstructing and feeling more of connection with my own mind and body And then coupling that with like entering the anti-diet world, I was a little bit more primed, ready to be able to receive it because Mm. I had already confronted the, everything that I was raised with was kind of a lie (laughs) Mm. um, and doesn't fit for me. And then confronting anti-diet was like a lot of what traditional nutrition schooling is based on doesn't apply to me and Mm. is probably not true. Um, so in that way, it was a little bit easier to digest that I was a little bit more open to everything, not being what it seems. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Everything not being what it seems. So question, hmm, is this for me or not? So tell us a little bit more about your passion with nutrition, because clearly you have a passion with it. Yes. So tell us a little bit more. Yeah. And that connection a little deeper, because I know when you reached out, we had talked about that a little bit with that connection within religion. And I know you spoke to it, but is there another piece here of why you're so passionate about it and that connection within, within your foundation? And I do love, I love that you brought up that actually me asking those questions probably helped me to go into this space in my life. And now you're here and it's something you sounds like you deeply love. Yeah. So there's a lot of beauty in that. I do. I think there's a lot of beauty in questioning mm-hmm. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a big value of mine and something I really bring into my work. Um, a lot of people come to me just like years upon years of just like, 
I dieted and then I fell off the diet and then da 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 da. And then I had to go back to dieting. And it's like, well, what if like you never had to diet in the first place? Like, what if your body is just okay as it is? Mm-hmm. And that's a really hard question in this society that we live in. Yeah. But yeah, I just chal- gently challenge and encourage others to invite just like questioning and curiosity to mm-hmm. everything about the relationship with food and body. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that our society is set up towards them doesn't allow for much questioning because someone else is making money off of you buying into all the diets, right? And all of the, you need this superfood and you need blah, 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 the latest and greatest thing. Well, and it's really fascinating when you look back at our history, you know, we went from being farmers and eating off the earth to then going into like more of that in the fifties, right? Fifties, sixties, when did TV dinners start coming out and all like the processed foods. <laughs> yeah. And then it went into the fad <clears throat> diets of, you know, slim fast and that dieting and a lot more. So it's like, we went from more whole foods and like nutrition that came from the earth to process, 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 diet, 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 because your body's reacting to this crap you're putting in and not really liking it. And then, you know, I find myself often getting sometimes, you know, you get into that, oh, I want to, I'm feeling like crap. So I want to do something. And it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, what, what thing should I tap into now? Because there's so many different fads out there. Mm -hmm. There's the keto and then there's the plant-based diets. And then there's, you know, the, I, there's so many different pieces. So I love that you're speaking to the, what if there wasn't a diet, Mm -hmm. you know? So let's say that I'm coming to you as a client. Mm-hmm. How would, what would, how does that work? Like, Hey, I'm really kind of feeling my body just feels shitty, but I don't really want to do a diet, but I know I need to eat cleaner. I'd like to lose some weight. Cause it feels heavy, feels heavier right now. What what would that, how would that, what would that look like? I would first ask you what your values are. Mm, I love that. And how that can be integral to your relationship with food and body. Mm -hmm. And then I would ask you, why do you need to lose weight? Mm -hmm. And just that usually takes a while to explore. Yeah. And what if you didn't? And what if you just allowed your body to be the way it is? And if your body changes in response to nourishment, does that mean it needed to change to be Mm -hmm. happy and function well? Mm -hmm. I love those questions. And question like, what does eating clean mean? What Mm -hmm. does, what does keto mean? Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. There's so much noise. There's so much information, quote unquote information out there. So much. But no information will ever be as important as what is coming from within you, what mm-hmm. your body is telling you. Yeah. If you're hungry, if you're full, if you're seeking a sweet snack, if you're seeking like a nutrient dense food, like your body is trying its best to take care of you. And if you could be its teammate, it will give you all the information that you need. You don't necessarily need to outsource all of your needs to someone else. Mm -hmm. 
because someone else is probably just trying to sell you something. You unfortunately, that's usually the case. And again, you know, it, it, it's similar to anybody on this planet that is creating a livelihood off of what we're doing. It does come from a place, even within religion, even with your mom, right? It comes mm-hmm. from this place of, of desire to want to better the world, desire to want to create something that would benefit people. And, you know, it does come from that place. And so I, I, I firmly believe, I mean, the thing that you do in your life, as far as your career, what I do, like we all have our motivations as far as what we do feel like we bring to the world. And in that it's beautiful. And then I love that you're bringing in that, you know, but there is a lot of noise. So how can you get quiet enough to go, you know what, this is an alignment for me. And that's where I want to go. That feels really good in my body, my mind, my spirit to go that, to go that path. Yeah. Yeah. That's, there is a not, lot of noise. Yeah. That's really the majority of, of work with clients is like turning down the noise on diet culture and everything out there and reconnecting to your body's inherent wisdom. We're all born as babies with the ability to regulate and interpret hunger, fullness, mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. And we need to reclaim and rebuild a trusting relationship with our body and it will provide you with that wisdom mm-hmm. yeah. it already has it within within you i mean it's been formed over thousands of years through ancestors and your body has a lot yeah a lot of wisdom mm-hmm. yeah it really does well and we unfortunately we do live in a society to for whatever reason whatever the motivations are we, when we're born, like you said, we do have all this innateness with knowing what our physical body needs, but even with our connection to spirit source, our, our abilities to see and hear, I mean, you'll often, um, have babies and kids that can see spirits and can see different Mm. things, but then there's the conditioning that starts happening with the familiar system of the family, with the tribal system of the culture and the environment and then the world stage as far as what we're all choosing into that does start to increase the noise of this is what I'm supposed to do that's outside of me versus what do I feel so I yeah getting back to those basics is 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 essential and I I think it's really beautiful that you're connecting those dots with religion and with Christianity and in your you know your upbringing of seeing how disassociated you were Mm-hmm. That led you to then asking these questions and then finding this really beautiful avenue within, within nutrition. Um, for you, when you were leaving, and let's, what was the thing that you felt like was the most beneficial for you at the time? What was really helpful for you as you were stepping out, as you were leaving, as you were starting to deprogram? Mm, what was the most important or helpful? Yeah. What was, yeah. What was helpful at the time? Therapy. Yeah. Be really Therapy helpful. was pretty integral to being able to feel safe in my body. Yeah. Um, that was, that was another big piece of it is that I had experienced a lot of direct harm to my body from my religious peers. It didn't feel safe to be in my body. Mm. Um, being able to reconnect to safety here in my (laughs) physical home was the first step. Mm. Um, 
therapy, a lot of just like intentional, like mindfulness, stillness in my life. Um, I think one of the benefits that religion gave me was kind of like an emotional catharsis Mm. and redefining what that would look like in my life. Um, So I was able to create more like intentional, genuine relationships with people by having like genuine emotional conversations. Mm -hmm. That was a form of emotional processing and catharsis for me. Um, And then being out in nature was another form of emotional processing therapy finding ways to access my emotions and my thoughts in my own body outside of church (laughs) yeah oh all of those i think are beautiful what would be something that for those that are listening that are struggling that are moving out of religion but they have a lot of fear they have they're just they're just feeling really alone what is something that you you would love to offer as advice of just a thought mm. it's scary to open yourself up to questioning that everything is not as it seems mm. And that can be confusing in and of itself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) discovering what else is out there. Yeah. I think what I can offer is empathy. Mm -hmm. It, is scary to question everything. But in the process of questioning everything around you, the systems that we live in, it's really just leading you back home to questioning like, who am I? What are my values? What what do I really care about? what makes me enjoy my experience in life Mm -hmm. and be able to do that. Questioning is, is hard at first. And then as you're able to bring it back around to coming home to yourself, it starts to feel more comfortable. I Mm -hmm. think. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, that's beautiful. So you have your degree in nutrition. Is that correct? Yeah, I have uh undergrad and master's degree. Wow, good for you. So what what do you uh, do? What do you do with your degree? I assume that's what you do for a living. Yeah. Um one-on-one nutrition counseling, um, kind of like this via Zoom. And I help people break out of diet culture, connect to intuitive eating, which is really to say connect to yourself and your own body's cues and what feels good in your body. And really what I tell my clients is I believe that you already have the answers and solutions within you. And I'm, I'm a reflection tool for you. So Mm -hmm. I might ask some helpful questions, but really it's more of like, what questions do you have? (laughs) Yeah. 
Oh, that's awesome. Tell us a little bit about some successes that you've had when you work with clients. What do you find seems to be the thing that like, you know, you've gotten to that place with them when what happens? I think when they're able to completely redefine what health means to them, Mm -hmm. I connect values to several dimensions of health outside of just physical health, Mm -hmm. spiritual, emotional, mental community. How do your values line up with that? And what does that look like to practice all those dimensions of health on a daily basis? And of course, maybe starting with all of those at once is overwhelming. What does it look like to practice like one dimension of health in your life each day that's completely based on you, your values, what feels good to you, and not any of the outside noise? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's beautiful. So if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they do that? You can find me on the website at Wise Heart Nutrition. Wise, um, wise Heart Yes. Wise Heart Nutrition. I'll make sure and put that in the show notes. We have an Instagram also, Wise Heart Nutrition. Awesome. (laughs) Um, And a Facebook. Cool. All the same thing. (laughs) So do you work, is that your company or you work with another company? Um, Wise Heart Nutrition is a private practice group of three dietitians. It's me and two other practitioners. So make sure then that that you request to work (laughs) with Rebecca. Yeah. Especially if you're have experienced deconstructing religion and how that has forced you to be disconnected from your body. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? Let's see. I don't think so. I've, I've really enjoyed this just being able to have like genuine conversations with people with similar experiences. is nice. Yeah, I know it is nice. It's nice to know that there's a, a growing population of us yeah, <laughs> that are all deconstructing and stepping out. That's for sure. Yeah. But I think it's beautiful that you found this, this connection with your body that you didn't have before. And I think that's quite, quite profound. So thank you for sharing that with us and, and sharing some time with us today and, and sharing some of your story. It's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Wasn't that a beautiful interview? And it's really interesting just to listen to other people's stories and other people's stories with different religions and how she's navigated this space within her and now created that to be able to have empathy and create a space for other people to step into, especially with that nutrition piece, which is huge. So head over to her website. I'll put it down below in the show notes if you're interested in working with Rebecca. And again, go secure your spot today, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash activation. The pricing will be going up here soon. So you'll want to secure it now. And again, we'll be activating that inner guru. We'll be walking through how to unwind pieces that may be preventing you from stepping more into your gifts and your knowing. And it's just going to be a powerful call. So I'm excited to step in the space for those that feel fill the call and are ready to up level Sunday, October 30th at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, amandajoyloveland.com forward slash activation. And again, I say this every time because I think that's one of the messages that is just always so profound to me that while we feel that we are alone and there's truth in that because only you know what your experience is that you're going through, There is a lot of people that can understand and have empathy because we're going through similar places, similar things that with unwinding and deconstructing out of religion. 
So please know that you're not alone. If you're in a place in your life that you're really struggling, please reach out to someone. Reach out and just talk. Nine times out of ten, just speaking and talking. And Rebecca touched on that, that therapy was really helpful for her. So if you're feeling like you need something, maybe it's just a friend to talk to, a therapist, go up in the mountains, have a conversation with God in the mountains, and know that you're not alone. With that, sending you so much love. Have a beautiful day.